Hello, my friends. We are back again for this week's episode of the Practical Parsha podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn. I hope you are well. This week, three people get credit for this podcast. My wife, Panina, she should be benched. My friend, Shalom, and my friend, Yehuda. I'll explain. My wife, for pushing me to do this episode. It would have been easier for me to just pass for this week, just for this week, don't worry, I'm not packing out of town. But she encouraged me to push myself to do it. My friend Shalom, for giving me some thoughts and inspiration to share with you this week on the podcast. And my friend Yehuda, for listening every single week. I know he's expecting this podcast, and I gotta get it out for him, and you, and everyone else that enjoys it. So, if you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out and tell me how you enjoy this podcast, what it means to you, how it has inspired you, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Emor. And the Parsha deals with the laws of the Kohanim, Right, the Kohanim were the priests. I am a Kohen who worked in the Beis Hamikdash in the temple. They did the service, and the the parsha spells out the different laws that a priest, the Kohanim, have, and the different prohibitions that they also just them that they have. Now, there's different laws for a Kohen, a regular priest, and a Kohen Gadol, the high priest. We'll get into that a little bit. The parsha also tells us about protecting the offerings and doing it in the right way and, and making sure that the, the carbonos, the sacrifices and the truma, they didn't become tame. We continue with the, the different with the different blemished animals that were prohibited from being offered as a carbon. And the Parsha pivots to tell us about different mitzvos, specifically the mitzvah of making a Kiddush Hashem, sanctifying God's name, as well as the prohibition of desecrating the name of God as well. The Parsha concludes with the festivals, the commandment to observe the festivals, Pesach, the Karban HaOmer, which was a carbon that was brought, um, counting up to Shavuos, and the Parsha tells us about Shavuos, as well as Rosh Hashanah, Sukkis, Shemini Atzeres, and the, the holidays. Now the first idea I wanted to share with you this week focuses on the Kohen, the priest, and the Kohen Gadol, the high priest. Now, as I mentioned before, the Kohanim served in the Beis Hamikdash in the temple, and being a Kohen is only something which is passed down father to son. Only if you are a descendant of Aaron, of Aaron, are you eligible to be a Kohen to serve in the Beis Hamikdash. There's different prohibitions that Kohanim, even to this day, have of things that they're not allowed to do. Now, the Kohanim were imbued with extra holiness. They were the teachers of the Jewish people. They were sanctified from the, from the Jewish people. And they had this unique privilege of being the chosen tribe to serve in the temple in the Beis Hamikdash. You know, there's a joke they say. A guy comes to a rabbi and says, Rabbi... I want to be a Kohen. He says, I can't make you a Kohen. 
I'll give you ten thousand dollars to make me a coin. He says, I can't make you a coin. Twenty thousand can't make you a coin. He says the rabbi asks him, Why do you want to be a coin so badly? So he says, You know, Rabbi, I wanted to be a coin because my father was a coin, and his father was a coin, and his father was a coin. So I really wanted to be a coin. You know, so the way I finish a joke is that so the rabbi says, Give me ten thousand dollars and I'll make you a coin. Just kidding. But the the point is is that this the Kohanim, even to this day, have the special mitzvah of blessing the people as well. That's another side mitzvah, the Birchas Kohanim. That they had they had, that was their obligation to bless the Jewish people. And the blessing comes directly from God, and they are the conduit through which the blessing flows. But additionally, since they were working in the base on Migdash, they worked in the temple, they had to be careful regarding the laws of Tuma and Tahara, of purity and impurity. And we know from previous episodes that the most impure thing was a corpse. And a Kohen was prohibited and is prohibited from touching a corpse and being in the same room as a dead person. Now, there are exceptions. That means that a Kohen can't really be part of a funeral unless he's away and you know, he can't actively participate uh, like everyone else participates. Um, a Kohen is not allowed to make himself tame for any person just because. Now, there are exceptions. There's exceptions to the rule for a Kohen. Close relatives, such as, you know, God forbid, a mother, a father, uh, a sister, brother, son, daughter, wife. Those are the exceptions that a Kohen is allowed to become impure, to become Tame, because of it's a close relative. Now, the Kohen Gadol, though, the high priest, who was the head of all the Kohanim in the Beis Amigdash, the spiritual leader of the Jewish people, the Torah tells us that he is not allowed to become Tameh, to become impure, even for the seven close relatives that we mentioned, that a regular Kohen is allowed to become impure for. A Kohen Gadol, a high priest, has an extra level of prohibition that he is not allowed to become impure, even if his mother passes away, his father passes away, his, his son, his daughter, right? Any of these close relatives pass, he still cannot be part of this funeral and make himself tummy. He doesn't, he doesn't rip his clothing. He still continues the service in the temple. He doesn't stop. He doesn't, he's not a mourner. He doesn't mourn. And he continues the service even though any other person would have an obligation from the Torah to rip their clothes, to sit shiva, to be in a different state. The Kohen is commanded to not do any of these things. He still takes a haircut. He still does the service. He does not rip his clothes. He does not become Tameh. And really, the question is, is it, what's going on over here? How are we requiring, and why, are, why is the Torah requiring that the Kohen Gadol should do something like this? You know, Number one is, how is it possible for a human being to overcome their emotions to such a degree where they're able to continue their job as a spiritual leader of the, of the people and not be affected when the death of a, of a close relative. And number two is, why is the Torah commanding us, why is Hashem commanding that the Kohen Gadol should not stop the service? Isn't he also entitled to stop, to mourn, to, to be part of, you know, to sort of, be consoled about his loss. 
What's the meaning behind it, and how can we understand this a little better? So the first thing we have to know to answer these two questions is that if the Torah gives us a commandment to do, we know that Hashem gave the Torah to human beings who are flesh and blood. He didn't give it to angels. That, and there's an expression in the Talmud, Lo nitna Torah that the Torah was not given to angels. God gave us a Torah. That means that we have to be able to fulfill the requirements of the Torah. That whatever commandments we have, it means that we have the ability to fulfill those commandments. If we wouldn't have had the ability to do that, if we would not have the capability to get to that point, to get to that level, then God would have not given us those commandments because that's not free choice. That means we wouldn't have a choice. So the fact that we have the commandments means that we can get there. And the fact that Hashem gave the Kohen Gadol this sort of commandment that he should not mourn, he should not rip his clothes, not become tummy, not become impure, it means that a person deep down within their emotional reservoirs has the power to overcome even the most strongest emotions, the most the strongest desires to serve God. That even though a, a horrible tragedy happened to this Kohen Gadol, a close relative died, he still has the ability within himself to draw deep from within his neshama and to overcome and to still do the service in the Beis Amigdash. And you know what? The service in the Beis Amigdash, he couldn't do it in a depressed mood. He had to do it with happiness. He couldn't do it sad. And we see that a person has that ability. And I, I feel like the lesson is, is obviously, you know, there's, we, we know that King Solomon says, Shlomo Amalek says that there's different times. There's times to laugh, times to cry. There's different times that a person experiences, different emotions that a person feels. And there's there's appropriate times for every emotion. Now, the Kohen Gadol was on a higher level. He had to have more control over those emotions. But even us as regular people, when we experience different emotions that we need to experience, we should go through that, you know, that those phases of grieving. But we have to remember it's, it's a phase only. And we have to get through that phase to get back to where we need to be, to the happy state we want to be, to know it's part of the process, right? And, and someone has a tragedy, something, has, something hard comes on a person, that there is these steps of grieving, right? The 12 steps of grieving. But we have to go through those steps and remember to get ourselves back. We have the, the reservoirs and the emotional wills to get ourselves back to where we need to be, to being happy, productive, joyous. And there's even strength within ourselves to, to go through something challenging and to still be happy and to still be joyful and to not let it get to us, to go through it but not let it change us. And, you know, they, the, the Navi, Yirmiya, Jeremiah, when he gave the prophecies of the destruction, you know, he was telling to the Jewish people about all the horrible things that would happen if they didn't do teshuva. So you would think that he would be a depressed person. But we know that when a prophet would give over nevuah, when a prophet would have prophecy, the only way the shechina, that the divine presence rests on somebody, is if they are in a state of joy, in a state of happiness. So there's this balance where we're able to, to still be happy, but yet convey the message and to go through the, the phases of grieving, but not let it get to us 
to that level and to overcome the different emotions that we experience. Now, another thought, the second question, just to answer that, of why the Kohen Gadol was not able to, to mourn. And I, I heard a very interesting thought from my friend, Shalom, he should be gebenched, he should be blessed, that the, the Kohen Gadol, he was the leader of the Jewish people. Everyone depended on him. He was the chief rabbi of, every, of all, all the nation, right, so to say, the father, the spiritual father of everybody. And if he would stop, he would stop the service. He would become impure. There would be a, a pause in everything. The spiritual life of the people could be put at risk. That there's a lot going on. The service, the, the whole world, you know, we say that one of the three pillars of the world is the service in the temple. And if the Kohen would stop, the Kohen Gadol would stop, things maybe would go haywire. Things wouldn't continue as they are supposed to continue. And therefore, he has an obligation to continue his role in leadership, to continue to be the, the father of the people. Because although he personally is experiencing, experiencing a tragedy, but he's not just a father to that person that he lost. He's a father to the entire Jewish people. And therefore, everyone is depending on him, the entire Jewish people, and he has to continue. And I feel the powerful message over here is that when we go through challenges, when we have things that are hard for us, we have to recognize that we can't just stop. Sometimes it hurts and we want to just stop. We don't want to do any, anything. We don't want to get out of bed maybe. That's the extreme of it. But we have to remember when things happen, when, we face, when we're faced with adversity, we have to keep moving. We have to you know, keep our family going. People depend on us, right? Our, our families, our friends, our coworkers, people around us, our community. So although we might be in a challenging situation which is hard and it's painful and we don't want to go, we just want to stop, we have to remember that people are depending on us and we need to keep pushing through. And ultimately... When we do that, when we push through in the hardest moments, it makes us stronger people. You know, I'm thinking about certain moments in my life where I just felt that it was, you know, different things were challenging me. I, I, it wasn't maybe a lot of pain with certain things. And I just, you know, wanted to, there was this urge in me to just, to not do anything, but I pushed. I pushed myself. I pushed myself. I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And I believe that has helped me be who I am because I experienced that. I pushed through even though it was hard because when you push, even though it's hard, you become a stronger person and a better person. And that's one of the lessons, perhaps, why the Kohen Gadol had to keep doing the Avodah, keep serving the base of English, not become Tommy, not become impure because everyone depended on him. And the lesson for us is that when we have these challenges, we need to keep pushing as well because other people are depending on us. A second thought I wanted to share today is on the verse, You shall not desecrate my holy name. Rather, I should be sanctified among the children of Israel. In this week's Parsha, the Torah tells us of the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem and the prohibition, the Avera, the sin of Chil Hashem, of desecrating God's name. So what does that mean? What is a 
Kiddush Hashem? What is Achil Hashem? And quickly, a Kiddush Hashem is when we sanctify God's name. Now, that means, on a simple way of understanding, is that when people look at, at, a, at a Jewish person, they say, wow, this is what the Torah does to somebody, somebody who studies the Torah, somebody who follows God, they, are, they, they elevate the name of God. And it's, and it's not just if a person, if someone else sees somebody, it's even if we do a mitzvah, because not because of social pressures, we do the mitzvah because we want to do the mitzvah. When we do that mitzvah, even if we're by ourselves, we are sanctifying God's name. We are elevating God's name in this world. We're sanctifying it. We're glorifying it. It's not just when other people see us that when they see some a Jewish person doing something good, that they say, wow, look at these Jewish people. Look at they do such good things. It's even when we're by ourselves. And on the flip side, if we, God forbid, do something bad, we do a sin, you know, and, and other people look and say, wow, this is what the Jews, they, they, they have the Torah, and this is what the Torah does for people. They don't do anything. This is how a Jew acts. That's a chilashem. And it's even also on the flip side as well. When we are by ourselves and we do a sin because we want, uh, you know, it gets the best, the, the best of us, could be a chil Hashem, a desecration of God's name. And there is a mitzvah we, we, we know that we daven in the Shema, we say, We are commanded to love God with all our resources, with our being, and our, our whole heart. That there's a mitzvah that there are different scenarios where a Jew is obligated to give up their life because of God's name. And that's Dying Al-Kiddush Hashem. There have been many Jews in our history that have given up their life for the name of God. Either, right? When you hear all these stories that Jews who refused to, to be converted to different religions, they gave up their lives. Jews who would not um, you know, do si- certain, certain sins. And we know the three cardinal sins that a Jew must, is obligated to give up their lives. Number one is Avodah idol worship. Gilead Arias is murder, if someone says to murder this person. Or number three is commit adultery. Those three sins, we are obligated to give up our lives um, and not do those sins. For the other mitzvos and averos, it depends on different situations, but usually in those situations, we, we do the sin and we save our lives. But either way, there's this concept of Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem, sanctifying God's name and desecrating God's name. And all too often... This term is is closely associated with giving up our lives, and the this one thing that's very important to remember that you know there's unfortunately in the world today you know there's plenty of people that want to harm the Jewish people, right? We we hear these stories from all over the world: anti-Semitic attacks, terrorists, and some of these terrorists and these people want to harm Jews, it's it's so worth it for them. They It means so much to them to kill Jews, right? Or to harm them. And the question that one of my rabbis said to us is that if, if someone's willing to go so far to harm a Jew, to kill a Jew, so isn't it worth living as a Jew? Right? If people are willing to go and hurt a Jew, to kill a Jew, to kill themselves to kill a Jew. So isn't it worth it for us to live as Jews? And really the conversation which I want to get to is that although Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem are thought of many times in terms of martyrdom, we have to give up our lives, it's also very much a mitzvah 
that we can live with every single day and fulfill, even more than in a situation where we have to give up our lives. Because when we do things right and we live our lives with purpose, for a higher purpose, that we know that there is something worth living for and even worth dying for, our lives take on a higher level of meaning. Because a life without purpose and a life without meaning is really a life of no value, meaning the value of the life is just life itself. If there's no end goal, if there's, if, and life is not a means, then the, mo- the most important thing is the life itself. But if life has a goal, life has a purpose, if there's a higher cause, then it's given value and meaning. And this is just something we need to remember, going back to my point, which I said before, that Kiddush Hashem is this idea that it's worth living our life as Jews. And what does that mean? That means looking at the Torah, looking at the mitzvos, incorporating it into our lives, this realization that there's a bigger plan here, that there's another world, there's the next world, there's Olam Haba, there's, and this world's Olam Hazet, it's the pathway to get to Olam Haba. And it's taking these ideas and the, the tools we have to get to the, to the, to the goal, right? The, this world, this life is the means to the goal, is our way, is the stepping stone for us to get to that, to that goal. And when we have a goal, life takes on a higher level of meaning. So with that, I'm going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out and say hello, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlamakonkohn at gmail.com.